Go. Okay, so we are holding. Here we go. Okay, so we're dealing, we're, we're trying to answer this question. How in the world is this supposed to happen? That you have the ore that was there before the Tsimsum, right, which was totally overwhelming the worlds, right, and therefore there was no, so to speak, there's no space for the worlds. All of a sudden now you have a Tsimsum. You bring the worlds, or the worlds, shall we say, are now a Matthias. And now you're bringing the exact same light as before, and you're expecting there to be a different result. In other words, if you, can, if you do the exact same thing, you would assume that the result is going to be the exact same result. But yet, here we're seeing that what's happening, and we're doing the exact same thing, and the result is different. So how does that work? So we, we began to discuss last time the idea of the mashal of the Rav and the Talmud. And what we said was that, and this is the main, this is the, this is the point that we're going to. Let, let's just speak it out first. So we could speak it out. The Rav and the Talmud are be'en one to the other. But there's two elements that need to take place here when a Rav is teaching a Talmud. Element number one is that the Rav has to build literally teach the Seichel to the Talmud. Literally to teach the pieces of information, one bite of information, another bite of information, another bite of information, little by little, to get the, the Talmud speaking in a similar language to the Rav. Right? Initially, right, I remember in, for example, in, in, in college, you start, you go to Economics 101. And no one really, I mean, everyone sort of knows about the concept of economics, but if you haven't listened to the terms before, you don't know what he's talking about, right? You're talking about widgets, you're talking about supply and demand curves, you're talking about macro, you're talking about micro, you're talking about, like, all these things. Pashit Taiching. That's what you need for the first classes. Economics 101 is Pashit Taiching. What does it mean, <coughs> supply? What does it mean, demand? What does it mean, a curve? What does it mean, macro? What does it mean, micro? What does it mean, a widget? What does it mean, a, right? Pashit, just pieces of information that you have to fill up the student with in order to get the student in the same uh, forum as the, as the teacher. That's the idea. Now, along with that, however, what, what the teacher is really, what's the goal of any teacher to a student? The ultimate goal of a teacher to a student is that the, the teacher really would like the student to reach the same level as the teacher, if not higher. That's like an emissary mechanech. An emissary mechanech, that's what his goal is. Right? Not someone that is, look, I'll just give you a little, little bit of information. You know, sometimes when you go into the business world and, uh, you know, someone wants to, kaviachal, teach you the ropes. Right? But they don't really want to teach you the ropes because they don't want you as a competition. So they'll give you a few, uh, you know, a few bones. Uh, but they really don't really want you to know what's going on. Then you have another person that is... <laughs> Mamish wants to teach you the business. He wants you to be able to run with the business. That's a real mentor. A real mentor wants to teach you, and he has to get you up and running first. And then he needs what to happen is that always there's going to be a shift in the macabre, that the macabre is going to start to be able to not just take pieces of information, but to be able to 
change himself to such an extent that his operating system winds up becoming like the operating system of the mentor. You're, you're getting what I'm saying? Like, for example, like I, I, I've told before a marshal from, um, from my wife in residency, right? So whenever they do procedures, right? So as a resident, right, you don't really know what you're doing initially, right? So the idea is that you, right, that you first and foremost, right, you have to watch the procedure, right? So the senior resident or the senior, uh, the, um, the attending, whoever is there, is going to teach, right, the, stu- the, the, the young resident how to do a procedure. So that's like step one in the process. Step two in the process is that you do it yourself, right? In other words, when you're just watching, you don't realize all of the details that are involved. You, don't, you just don't realize it in anything in life, right? You could be watching how to paint, but then after a while, you don't even realize, you didn't realize that you have to, how to put the paint into like the paint, uh, whatever that's it, the, you know, the trowel or whatever it is, or how to, you know, what do you do with the paintbrush afterwards? Or like, you just didn't get that. But when you're actually doing it, now, now you have to like, you're already asking these questions. Okay, what, what do I do next? Like, how, I mean, I got the point where you go like this, but now like, is it better, you know, like you watch someone else do it. He's told you how to do it. But he didn't. But when you're doing it yourself, right? Then all of a sudden, all these new ideas come into your head. Of I didn't realize how to do it, like, and you have to figure it out. So when when this resident is now doing the procedure themselves, they have to figure out right all of the details. Like, oh, what happens if you know the stitches are like this? You know, you have to tie the stitches in, or whatever. Whatever it happens to be, whatever. <coughs> the third step in this process is teach it to another person. When you have to teach something to another person, that's even a higher level. Because now you have to become the expert. To the extent that you are showing, teaching the other person how it works. And therefore, they are going to what? They are going to ask you questions. Which is going to make you change your perspective. This is where we're going in this mimer. Okay? So this is a very famous uh, discussion that's had in the first mimer in Ranat. That how a student could give a teacher even more than what the teacher had before. Why? Because when, for example, when I'm preparing a shear, right, I, I'm looking at the shear, the information from a certain angle. But when someone asks me a question, what happens? I, I didn't think of that angle. So it forces the teacher now to go back up into himself to a much higher level than he was before. To be able to try to figure out the answer to the question, right, which he never had. He didn't even think of that perspective. Now, when he comes out with the answer, he has to say it over from a completely different perspective than he even looked at the whole information from L'Chathchila. So now it brings him in a higher light than it didn't have before. And that's why it says, right, right, the famous line, I've learned a lot from my teachers, I learned even more from my colleagues, and from my students, I learned more than everyone. So what are we saying here? Let's start with the first two, really the first two aspects. And this is what the mashal is, this is what we're going to be reading now. The first two aspects are, first to get the information over, right? The teacher has to give over the information. Then it's not just taking in pieces of information, but it's actually 
changing the actual student himself. That it's not just that he's a like a vacuum cleaner that's sucking up stuff, but it's a vacuum cleaner that first starts by sucking up stuff and then winds up changing his whole being, his whole outlook, his whole perspective in life based on this information. You see that the shift that has to take place here? It's not just taking in information, but it's taking in information which winds up shifting, changing the mitzvahs that was there before. Okay, David. I find that when we're in Shur, it's very uh, interesting talking about what we're learning and, and digesting it and uh, answering the questions and asking questions to figure out what it's saying. But then when I'm outside of Shur, it's like sometimes it's hard to reflect on it or to do meditation on it or to, or to even explain it to somebody else. So I was wondering, is that normal for this stage? Very normal. Very normal because you have to uh, you have to start. It's exactly what we're talking about here. I'm trying to get in you information, more and more and more information, which is going to hopefully shift your mind. But a segula for doing that is also taking notes. I mean, you should see my notes, like my books that I learned when I was in Shir. Every every outside of the page is covered. Every bottom of the page, every in between the lines is covered. If you if you take notes. It makes you, it makes, it's a catalyst for all good things. This is the bottom line. I re- highly, highly recommend taking notes. Because uh, this information that I'm telling you is not just to uh, keep you guys busy. You know, keep the ball in the air. It's actually important information, hopefully. All right, let's see, let's look inside. Okay, we'll start with the top line right above. Okay. We have to say, This is also the angle of Tikkun HaKli. You see what he's saying here? By capturing the pieces of information, Mistaken. He is able to fix umizdache, and he is able to refine the kli of his meichin. Veki yedua de bahashpas harav letalmid hariberibu yashpad nase chushe hatalmid kamo chushe harav. This is the point that we're bringing out. In other words, there's two points that are going on here. Point number one is what. Point number one is what? Point number one is that he is fixing his... Um, no, that's point number two. What's point number one? <coughs> Grasping. Just giving over, the, getting the information across. Giving the information across. That's point number one. Point number one is tzimtzum. Tzimtzum dika information that's coming across. Another bite of information, another bite of information, another bite of information. That's point number one. Point number two is the more that those bites of information, a person, the, the, the point is, is that you can look at it as though, let's say that you have in your brain a big, uh, big jar and just putting jelly beans in this jar, let's imagine, right? That's point number one, right? Just another jelly bean, another jelly bean, another jelly bean, another jelly But the, po- the goal is not just to have a jar with a lot of jelly beans. 
The point is that you want to make the jar, that the jar is no longer a jar with jelly beans, but the whole thing becomes like a jelly bean. You understand what I'm, I mean? It's a, it's a terrible muscle, but I'm trying to bring something across. In other words, when it's just another piece of, like a computer, what does a computer do? A computer is only step number one, not step number two, before artificial intelligence, I guess. Artificial intelligence is probably step number one and step number two. I don't know enough about it, but I think something like that. In other words, step number one is just get more and more, like when I put on a, um, like in a, uh, whatchamacallit, make sure this is recording, yeah. When, I'm, when I put into my computer another file, another file, another file, another file, another file, nothing is happening to the computer. It's just a storage place for files. Or if I put it like another piece of frozen fish in the freezer, another piece of frozen fish, and another piece of frozen fish. All the freezer is doing is storing all that information or all those pieces of fish, right? That's step number one to this process. Step number two to the process is you want to change the Kaylee. That the Kaylee becomes a different Kaylee. That's what he's saying here. Take a look again. That through it being nitfas seichel, not only is it just being a refrigerator that you're putting stuff more and more and more, or a computer that's putting another file, another file, another file. But mistak and mizakik All of a sudden, now your brain becomes a different brain. You're literally changing the brain. <coughs> to capture. That's the two points of what he's saying here. So now you're purifying the brain itself. The brain itself becomes a different brain. I don't know. I can't think of a good, uh, you know, 21st century muscle for this. But it's like, if, I, that's the reason why I said artificial intelligence is because what's happening with that, the way I understand artificial intelligence is that the more information it's getting, now it's changing how it conducts itself. It's doing it this way as opposed to that way. It's changing. It's not going to ask you this type of question anymore because it understands it. This, this type of question is not relevant. But it's going to ask you a different type of question. Or it's going to give you this information because this information you want, not that information. In other words, it's taking the information and changing its approach to the world around it because of that, new, because of that information. So whereas a refrigerator is not changing. The more pieces of fish you put in, it's not going to become a different refrigerator. It's going to be the same exact refrigerator with the same exact cubic space. That's it. That's it. what it is, what it is. It itself doesn't change. Right? Maybe by doing like exercise or something like that, that might be a good muscle for it. Right? That in addition to like doing, as you do more exercise, the muscle itself changes. And you become like a more strong, a powerful person. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't captured exactly. But the, I mean, the, the idea, the, the true muscle is the Rav and the Talmud. Right? In other words, the, the, the goal of the Rab is not just to fill up the Talmud with information, but to get the Talmud's brain to start thinking like, in a more similar way, to the Rab's brain. That's the idea of Chinuch. The whole concept of Chinuch, what's Chinuch? Chinuch means you want to take a child and make them into an independent adult that has a certain perspective on life. That's the concept of Chinuch. The goal is not that the child should always be relying on the parent or the teacher. The goal is that the child should be a standalone entity that is espousing the, the 
uh, rationale, the perspectives of whatever the teacher has tried to, to uh, you know, instill within him. That now he becomes that type of person, right? Like, in other words, let's just talk about, like, for example, chinuch in terms of, of manners, that you try to give the children manners. How do you use it? Don't use your fingers, use a fork, use that, right? right? It's more than just giving information. You want them to absorb the information in such a way that they become a blank, a well-mannered person, a thinking person. When we're learning Gemara, for example, and I'm trying to teach you the words or the neon signs or the whatever, the objective is not just to give you uh, the definition of this word. The objective is that if I give you the definitions of these words, like if I give you the neon signs, that I show you the blueprint, the outline of how this pattern works in the Gemara, that the next time you come to a Gemara with this pattern, you're going to know how to do it, even if the teacher is not there. That's the goal. The goal is not to own, yes, it's to learn this page as well, of course. But it's that you should take the information that you've now acquired from this page and be able to look at another page and be able to see, oh, this is the pattern that we're talking about. Look, it's the same idea, right? It's a, for example, like we had right yesterday or two days ago in Gemara, Tistayim, statement, proof, Tistayim. So the next time I see that, I know exactly what's happening. And then to go on on a deeper level, that if you, hopefully, what Rabbi, you know, as you go to, like, let's say, Rabbi Wagner's class, Rabbi Dubinsky's class, their objective is that you should be able to see that this piece of Gemara is just the opening of, like, a, of a needle, right, to what really is going on over here. And to be able to start asking the questions, like the way Toysos is asking a question, or the way the Marsha is, is describing something, or the way, you know, eventually, you know, you have a Rabbi Akiva Eger that's asking a question in a certain way, Right? And looking at the Gemara from a certain perspective, that your brain should start to think this way when it looks at a piece of Gemara. Kapish? That's what he's trying to say here. So then he says, Bedugma Kazois Yuvan. No, I skipped. Vekiyadua, like it's known, Devahashpasa Rav Letalmid, Haribiribu Hashpan Nase Hushe Atalmi Kamahushe Rav. Because the idea is that the, that with the multiple pieces of information and hashpah that's being given over, the idea is that the chushe talmid should become like the chushe arav. Right or hakav. So with this dugma, with this marshal, we'll understand that after the worlds were brought into being, umayir bahem or hakav. Okay, so what is he saying here? Just like when uh, the Rav is giving bits of information to the Talmud, slowly becomes more, the Talmud becomes more uh, able to respond. Receive more more information because they're being changed by information. So to the or Michele, at first he receives a little bit on the on the Pneumius, and then the Chitzonius starts to shift, so he's able to receive even more. Of the, of okay, the, very good, very good. Yeah. Are we saying here that the Orhag rule turns into the Orhag Wigwul? Well, Orhagvul does not turn into first uh, does not. Which, what do you mean by Orhagvul? Let's use uh, different terms. I don't know or, what you mean by that. Shima. The Shima is not Or. 
It's not, it's, it's the Kayach. Kayach The Kayach No. No, 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 it doesn't. The question is, what we're trying to do is that get the Kayach HaGufuul to be able to, to be able to Megale the Kayach HaBligvul while still remaining a Kayach HaGufuul. That's the point. That's that. That's the whole idea of Yichud Saibu Male, right? That's what we talked about from the beginning. That's Dira Batakhtainim. But we're not there yet. We're not. We're not holding there yet. Let's. let We're taking it a step at a time. Okay. So Bichlal, what he's talking about here is it's a very uh, a concept in halacha, right? That if you have a piece of of wood, for example, could that become tame? Yes or no? Why not? <coughs> what? Perfect. Why? It's not a cleat. Right? If you have a, if you have a, uh, let's say a, a trunk of a tree, and you cut it like you cut like that, right? It, it, it's a trunk of a tree. It's not going to be a makabel tuma. It's not shayach to it. It's not a cleat. It's a piece of wood. That's why you can't use a keli for for what? Schach, right? But you could use a board, or you could use a, a bamboo a stick, whatever. What? Seen hipster homes? They have. I don't know what that means. Like hipster homes have tree trunks in their in their. Coffee, coffee table. Right, but yeah, okay, that's interesting. But here, let's talk about let's talk about a cup. So the first thing you have to do when you make a cup, and Yehuda could uh, could verify this whether this is true or not. But uh, regardless of whether it's true or not, we're going to use this as a muscle, right? But right, the first thing you have to do is you have to basically shape the cup, the shape out of the out of the the wood. You want to make it into a shape of a cup. Right, let's say a beer mug or something like that out of wood, whatever. That even then, once you've shaped that, right, it doesn't mean that it's considered a clea. It only becomes a clea when you dig out the receptacle in the inside. Now it becomes a clea. So you need both things to happen. You need to, the chakika mibechutz, like it says, and the chakika mifnim, right? You need both things happening. That's, that's, that's the concept that he's talking about here. What he's trying to bring out is a very interesting idea, though. The, the interesting idea that he's trying to bring out, and we're going to go here with, in a minute with the, um, the, mush, the nimshal, is that it could be, however, what would be a mistake in terms of the Rav-Talmud relationship? Yeah? Generally, it does half job. Okay, but what does it mean, a half job? Generally, it gets half of the information across. Even if he gets all the information across, let's talk about the macabre for a second. Where could the macabre go wrong? He doesn't internalize it. Um, okay, that's one possibility. What what I was thinking more along the lines of what what's given as a mashal and chasidis is that very often what you see is that you have a macabre that has gotten lots of information, and all of a sudden now he thinks he's on the same level as the rav. He doesn't realize that the Rav is much, much deeper than the information that he's given over. And all of a sudden, you, the, the Talmud thinks of, of himself is like, okay, well, I'm like basically on the same level as, as the Rav. Because he's been getting like pieces and pieces and pieces and pieces of information, but he makes a mistake that he hasn't really understood the greatness, so to speak, of the Rav. Like in other words, a person, let's say that a person, right, could listen to like a great, uh, you know, mashpia, or you know, you know, someone who's like a really great person. He could, and he could listen to him give a shir in 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 Hasidis or 
uh, you know, in something. And and he thinks, yeah, basically, I'm, you know, I, I get what he's saying. Like, I could do this. But he doesn't realize that there's a whole other level that's involved here. That this great mashpia, you know, you take a person like this Nemanov, or you take a person like Shlomo Chaim Kesselman, or Abiol, or something like that. It's like a whole other gather of who they are that is not just pieces of information. So what needs to take place, essentially, is that on the one hand, you have the beginning stages of the story, i.e. the pieces of information, but then you have to have the full product of the depth of what's coming across. That's the second level. That's what he's saying here. That he says, that on the one hand, yes, you have the you have the information coming in, but there's there has to be recognition in the makabel that there's a whole other level of respect and depth that he doesn't even realize is there. You know, like sometimes you like you think like you know what like you a person could be so limited in his understanding that he thinks that he understands the whole picture and he doesn't even understand the beginnings of what he's really talking about. Perfect example of that is like a child, right? When he learns the Mishnayas. So he thinks he understands, okay, this is so straightforward. Right? Pretty straightforward. This is possible, this is kosher, this is oh, okay, finished. Then he learns the Gemara, and he's like, oh, I, didn't, I had no idea. Like, this is like part of the whole picture. But he thought that he understood everything. And he's like all high on himself, maybe, because he, he knows everything. So walking around with a lot of arrogance. But once he learns the Gemara, he says, oh, I never thought of this question. I never thought of that question. And then you think you know everything. But then you learn Taisvas, and you say, oh, wow, I, I had no idea. I never thought of it from that. You know, it's like, but when he was just learning the Gemara, he thought he knew everything. Then he learns Taisvas and all of a sudden, oh, I, wow, that's like amazing. Then he thinks, oh, now I know everything. But then he learns the Mepharshim and Taisvas and all the questions they have. And oh my gosh, I never even thought. In other words, a person is, it's not just, it's like wherever they are, it's that, it's the Panemius, but you also need that Makif. The Makif is the next level, the level that he's not at yet. Right? So the eighth grader thinks that he is the king of the hill until he gets to ninth grade. In ninth grade, now he's the baby again. He's the low man on the totem pole. Right? But it's a different system. That's why it's half a clea. No, the half a clea is, is if it's just the inside, right? So the beginning steps of this is the, is the kav coming in, the mitzumsum dika or. But that's only part of the equation. What we want to get to is where? We want to get to that we also, and this is the direction we're going, you know, as we go down this paragraph, is that we want to get to, now let's skip to the nimbushol a second, we want to get to that, it's not just the mamale that's filling, but the soyvav also. You getting what I'm saying? And that's going back to the beginning, right, where we said, how could it be, this whole point, so we're bringing, we're going towards a yichud of soyvav mamale. That's the goal. That's what we're heading towards. That's what we're trying to accomplish. How can that, such a thing happen? Oh, good question. This is how. This is how it's supposed to happen. 
at every given level. So let's read inside further. What? How does Tata Gavra play into this? Tata Gavra was the idea that you could now have a world that is existing because the, the, the Kayach Agvul is in charge, so to speak. Right, right. Right now. Now that it has, but the Kayach Agvul is only going to, is, is, is a nothing without the, without the Kav going in. Remember, that's what he said, Lachatril. You can't create a world through Kayach Agvul. You need both products working together. But now that you have the Kayach HaGvul and the Kayach HaBligvul working together, now how is this working together going to work? Okay, so let's start with the trickling and then we're going to build it up and we're going to build it up and we're going to build it up. So that's what he says. And this is now that you're able to, afterwards, to Mekabel also the general or that is Lemaila Megilu Yakav. So beginning with the kav, right? That's that's the. Let's start with that, right? The mitzumtum dekalite that's going in, right? That's the one plus one is equal to two. Two plus two is equal to four. Okay, let's go to subtraction. Let's go to multiplication. Go, let's go to division. Let's go to right. Build, 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 right? But the goal is not just that. What we're going to see here in the rest of this paragraph, which we're going to finish up hopefully by tomorrow. Right is that we want to get the ore that's before the tzimtzum coming in, and then we want to even go further and get the ore that's even beyond that. Even more, even more so, how can it be in the Rishima? What do you mean, how can it be in the Rishima? First of all, it's not yeah. all the Rishima. Let's use the proper words. How can it be in the Eilamos? How can it be in the Eilamos? That's the point. We're building, we're building, we're building. Yeah. So how does this, um, or maybe he explains it later on in the bottom, how does this play into the Chatzit Kli Halacha? It, it doesn't really play so much into the Kli Halacha. It just it brought that as an example that you need both the Pneumius and you need the Makif. Uh, okay, fine. So can the student, let's, let's just focus on the muscle for a second. Imagine that the businessman is, is teaching the ropes to the kid, right? But he really is teaching the ropes to the kid. Could the kid get to the level that he could be even a bigger and greater and more successful businessman than, than the original guy? Yes. 100%. Right? It requires a lot of work and it requires a lot of changing in his part. It requires a lot of adaptation. But get to the point that he's even greater than his mentor. Right? That's the goal. And that's what the mentor would like also if he's an idealistic, true person. Right? Yeah. Is this where Hidushin come in? Tell me what you mean. I think about like someone like Einstein, where obviously he learned science. Right. But he knew science so well at some point where his mind was just in this realm where it's like probably not even in words. He couldn't even... Exactly. That's exactly what we're talking about. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yes, yes, exactly. That, that's exactly the, the... That is the muscle. So think about it in terms of Eulamos. Right? In the Nimshal. We'll stop with this. Right? In the nimshal, you have to first start with something. So you had to do a removal. So there could be even a kli, lechatchila. Right? That's the tzimtzum. But you can't just have a kli without anything in it. That's, that's a non-entity. Then you can bring in the kav. The objective of the kav is going to be to set it up that you could have oilamos. Right? You have a tatagavar, you have oilamos. Now we have what to work with. Then what we're going to go to is Torah mitzvahs, which is now going to transform the Olamos 
hopefully into a dira b'tachtonim ultimately, which is the idea of the atmos itself coming into the world and not getting in a point of concealment, but in this point of gilui, where the, the saivim and the mamale are in a state of yichud, and it's being expressed. Like we said, all the way back in the, like the second or third class, if you remember, hopefully you took notes on that, right? And that whole idea of now when we look at a, at a, a table, we're not just seeing a table, we're seeing abishter. When you look at the, 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 right, we said before, like when you see a deer running, what is that really? That's really the mamale. But we don't see it as a mamali because it became one with the deer. So what we see is a deer. The idea of yichud soivim mamale is that now we're going to see it as that that's abishter shining through the deer, but that's really what it is. That's the idea of yichud soivim mamale. What do we do about the original question that we had? That seemingly, if you when you put the kav. When you reinsert the kav, it should completely overwhelm. It shouldn't, because the kav is a limited or. But it's limited. It's limited. It's, it, it's in a very limited way. That's the whole idea of the kav, right? It's very limited. Then what you're doing is building building it up. That That's the answer to our question. That's going to be the answer to our question, even more and more. You start with a little bit, but through <coughs> the whole objective is through Torah mitzvahs, you're bringing in this totally different experience. Yeah. So you said the Kav is introduced to create the potential for Eilamites? No, the Kav is introduced to create the Eilamites. You have, remember before, you had the Rishima, which is the Keli. You can't create anything through Keli. The example that Yassi Paltiel gives a very good example. Um, think about it in, in a very different way. A Bachar is in Yeshiva in 770. Right? Bachar and Yeshiva in 770, every Febrengen, what are they telling him? They're telling him, you're an ayin. You're nothing. 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 Right? That's the message of every Febrengen. Right? All of a sudden, he's sent on shlichus. So now you're removing, so to speak, the 770 element. And now he winds up in Idaho. But his whole life, he was told he's a nothing, 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 he's a nothing. So he's sitting down with his wife, having coffee in the morning. I'm a nothing, I'm a nothing. What am I supposed to do? You know, okay, I'm here. I'm in Idaho, but what am I? Then he needs a telephone call from from Rabbi Chadakov saying, the Rebbe wants him to go and make a menorah lighting. Oh, now I have something to do. Okay, so now he has to become a something. Right? He has to get out there and he has to talk to the government to how are we going to set up a menorah in the town square and I'm going to get the people. And He's now been infused with the ore in such a way that now he has to do. Right? But he was, where, where is he doing? It's Dafka in Idaho or Montana or wherever, Timbuktu, wherever he is. Right? It's Dafka when he's away from, when he's away from the 770. When he was in 770, he wasn't doing anything. He, he, was, he was an iron. Right? It's only by taking him away from 770 that now all of a sudden he has the potential, right? He had the potential to actually change something, to, 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 to change the world in, in his area in Montana, right? But he's not changing the world in Montana because his whole life he's been told he's an iron, 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 It's waiting for the Rebbe to give him direction, to infuse him with that direction that now he can take the ball and run with it, so to speak.
Got it? That's similar to this story. So you have the Koyach HaGvul that's totally absorbed in, in the Koyach HaBligvul. All of a sudden you remove the Koyach HaBligvul and the Koyach HaGvul is sitting there doing, what is it doing though? It's not doing anything. Because this, it can't do anything. It's an ayin. It's a nothing. However, when the Koyach HaBligvul gets reintroduced in a way of a kav, in a specific area, in a specific laser-like focus, so now you can create Oilamos. You can create each Oilam. Okay, we gotta, gotta stop. It's been speaking too long.